No Ketchup Chicago. What's really good, my people? Welcome into No Ketchup Sports Talk via Chicago. This is your host, Sean Little. Man, I'm happy to be back on the mic, and I'm super happy. Tomorrow is NFL opening day. Something about the NFL week one. Can't beat it. It's unbeatable. The excitement is at an all-time level in Chicago. The Bears are about to come on. They open the NFL's 100th season tomorrow at Soldier Field. Speaking of 100 real quick. I don't know about you, but when I was a shorty, 100 was the like the biggest number of all time. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like if something was 100, it was it was infinite. Like I used to ask my dad like, "Hey, this car can go 100 miles an hour?" What? Like if I was a shorty right now and and my dad told me this was the 100th season of the NFL, I'd be like, "What? 100?" <laughs> Man, so I'm fired up. It's the 100th season of the NFL. You know, just another marketing play for the NFL, Wrigley. Uh, really. Another reason for you to buy a jersey with a 100 patch on it. I actually saw a couple people out in the street with a new Bears jersey with the 100 patch. Shout out y'all for going to cop the new joint. I will not be doing that. I got the Trubisky rookie joint, that John Fox Trubisky joint <laughs> that I'm going to rock. I can't. I want to get a new jersey. I I do kind of want that Mac, but I'm I'm gonna hold off. I do want that Eddie Jackson, but I'm gonna hold off just cause I'm rocking with Trubisky because that's our key to anything anyway. So that's who I'm supporting the most out here. But it's nothing like Week One NFL starts tomorrow, and it's in Chicago. That puts it that puts it at 10x more lit for the season to start. It's not preseason. I didn't watch a minute of preseason. Don't talk to me about the preseason. I don't even care about numbers. I don't care about stats. I thought it was a big deal last year that Trubisky didn't play much in the preseason just because it was a new offense. He was in the first year of a new offense with Matt Nagy. He was essentially a rookie quarterback. This year, I don't have a single problem with him not playing at all. Don't talk to me about the preseason. And not to mention... The quality of football is garbage. So I I didn't watch a minute of – the only preseason football I watched was the Oakland Raiders because it was on hard knocks. And that's just because HBO has the best production team of all time. So that makes it watchable, and you get a a few storylines here and there. NFL Week 1 is back. College football last week, a little teaser. It's not the NFL. I'm kind of off college football right now. The marquee matchups aren't even that marquee. All this hype about Clemson, Texas A&M coming up this weekend, it's an 18-point spread. There's not a game over 10 in the NFL coming up this week. Biggest spread I've seen is nine and a half for Seattle and uh, Philly and the Eagles. So you're going to try to hype up a Clemson, 
Texas A&M game and the line is 18 points, stop. Bring me to NFL. Also, I think I'm done losing money on college football. I'm tired of betting on 17-year-old, 18-year-old kids. They're not trustworthy. I mean, or I'm just making bad picks, but they're not trustworthy either. (laughs) So freeze all this college football. Big Nick the Quick, if you follow him on Twitter, he actually tweeted something similar to what I'm saying the other day. He was like, college football is great and all until you realize 99% of the games are blowouts and whack. And he's so right. Oregon-Auburn, solid entertaining game at the end. Like, there's some entertaining games, but it's nothing like the NFL. Bring on the NFL. We're going to talk on this new episode of No Catch-Up Sports Talk via Chicago. We're going to go into NFL news. Goff's got a new deal. Dak doesn't yet. Zeke's got a new deal. Dak doesn't yet. (laughs) So we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about all the other NFL news coming up. Then, of course, we're getting into Bears-Packers. Bears-Packers, Bears-Packers. That's all I'm thinking about all day, all day tomorrow. It's put-up-or-shut-up time. It's Bears-Packers. NFL week. So we're going to break down that Bears game. Talk a little bit about that. Talk about the 53-man roster. Talk about what worries me going into the game. What's the most analyzed thing? What's too over-talked about going into the game tomorrow? What's the most underplayed point going into the game? I'm going to talk about that stuff. Then uh, we'll close it. My guy Kyle Malzahn of At Cubs Live hopped on. He's talking Cubs. Huge four-game series at Milwaukee coming up. Huge as in we need to keep, we need to keep up with the Cardinals. So every game that they're winning, we need to be winning. That's why they're all big. We talk about Zobers coming back, Contreras being back. Castellanos is the hottest man on planet Earth. Where's the extension? Is it coming? Should it come at the expense of a guy like Schwarber or someone else? We talk about all that. We talk about how the rest of the season we see it playing out. And then that's it, man. We're going to close at that, and I'm going to send you guys off into feeling good about the Bears uh, getting in the Packers' ass tomorrow. No catch-up. Sports Talk via Chicago. Let's get it. Before we get into the Bears, let's talk about this NFL. Jared Goff signs a four-year, $134 million extension, $110 million guaranteed. That breaks down to 33 and a half annually. Tied for third in NFL history on an annual, on an annual contract. $110 million guaranteed is the highest in NFL history. The Jared Goff contract is interesting because how do I how do I say this? He deserves it. And that's kind of hard for me to say because if I'm starting an NFL team, I don't think Jared Goff is one of the top 13 or 14 quarterbacks that I'm picking. 110 million guaranteed. Is he a system guy though? Yo, little golf is a system guy. Sean McVay doing that. Now nah, listen. Part of it is 
Is is did, did I miss something? Did McVeigh get fired? So if he's a system guy and McVeigh's still around and golf is around, they're gonna be together. They went to the Super Bowl last year. He played well for the most part. There was a couple shaky spots, no doubt about it. But they're only gonna get better together. The longer golf and McVeigh stay together, they'll be good. His success is a little bit of both. Like, why are people afraid to say that? Does McVeigh put him in really good spots? Absolutely. But when necessary, more times than not, he's making the right decision and he's putting the ball on the money. Tight spirals. Go back and look at the throws. Go look at some of the throws Goff made last year. They're ridiculous. Cooks and those boys running in stride. No problem. Cooper Cup in stride, no problem. It's a four-year deal. 110 mil guaranteed. The the, the 110 million 110 million guaranteed NFL record breaks down uh what is that? What's the math on that? So the other the other 24 million doesn't even really count. So what if it's Four-year, 110. So that's 27.5 a year. That's what it is. That's what the going rate is. Period. Sorry. They just hiked up the guarantee a little more. But little, he's system. Nah, bro, listen. It's a little bit of both. Is he in a great system? Absolutely. Does he play great? In that system, more times than not, yeah, he does. They have a ton of money tied up in like four or five players. So they got to get rolling now. And they can't have any contract stipulations with their quarterback or any of that get in the way of them, them rolling and trying to get back to the Super Bowl and winning the NFC like they did last year. Now, Dak saw that number and he's smiling. He happy because he's going to have to get something similar to that. Something similar. I don't know if he could be that 110 million guaranteed mark in NFL record, but Dak is going to need some some big 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 bread. He hasn't been to a Super Bowl no, but he's He's going to be in the room like, I'm your franchise guy, and I'm getting it done. Keep me with this core with Zeke just signing. We can, we, we can get some things done. With this young defense in Dallas we got, we can get some things done. Let's move over to the Cowboys. Zeke signs his deal. Man, Zeke, huge W. Shout out Zeke Elliott. Six-year, $90 million contract, 50 M's guaranteed. Big bag. Big W. Zeke played this system perfectly. I tweeted earlier today, Zeke, a running back with two years left on his rookie deal, just got a sparkling new contract before their QB1 Dak Prescott and their number one wide receiver Amari Cooper both who have one year left on their deal. Zeke, a running back, 
a running back that has two years left on his deal got a new deal before Dak, Amari Cooper, who have one year left on their deal, and they were in camp, and they've been with the squad. NFL young boys, always use your leverage. Always hold out. It's always a win. I'm I, I, I'm still waiting for it not to be a W for, for the elite guys. Melvin Gordon's having a little problem in San Diego because he's not Zeke Elliott. He's not Le'Veon Bell. Antonio Brown can go on a tirade and leave in week 17 and go on social media and do all say all this crazy shit and do all this crazy helmet shit because he's A.B. You got to know how much leverage you have. That's the key to this. Zeke knew they had to bring him back. They knew they had to pay him so he wasn't showing up to camp. I, I'm trying to figure out why Dak Prescott was in camp. Why was he not holding out like Zeke? He's trying to be the bigger person, be there for his teammates. He keeps getting the, we'll get it done, I'm assuming, from Jerry Jones. But where is it? Where's the deal at? Jared Goff hasn't been in the news. He had one year left on his deal. His deal's done. Dak needs a deal. If I'm Dak Prescott, there's absolutely no way I step on the field week one without a new deal. Why would I do that? You've paid everybody else except Mari, except me and Amari Cooper. We've been in camp. We've been busting our ass, risking injury. Can you imagine if Amari Cooper were to get hurt in camp? Why do you think Zeke's not in camp? He's not risking getting injured. Zeke came into Dallas today, signed the contract today, Walked out on the practice field today is in pads and everything is all all well and good. He's going to play on Sunday. Dak has got to be hot. What's going on here, bro? Where is my deal? Where is my deal at? I would not walk on the field week one if I'm Dak Prescott without a deal, period, point blank. Ask Boogie Cousins. Football and basketball are different, but Boogie went from 100% a super max slotted dude, a slot max slot guy, to now I don't even know. I I hope Boogie gets back, but it's gonna be it's gonna be tough sledding, bro. Simple as that. But the the flip side of that coin is you better know you're elite. You better know your leverage. You better know how much your team thinks they need you. Because word has it, San Diego was taking calls to trade Melvin Gordon to Philly for Jordan Howard, and uh, they were trying to give him like a fifth round, something like that. San Diego laughed at him. Not San Diego. The Los Angeles Chargers laughed at him, but Their ears are open. They're listening to talks. Melvin's not Zeke. So Melvin can't do what Zeke did. But these elite guys, Le'Veon Bell, Zeke Elliott, Antonio Brown, do what you got to do to get your money. Quarterbacks, do what you got to do to get your money. 
And the interesting thing, what are guys like Saquon going to do now? Christian McCaffrey. They just saw it work for Zeke. Zeke got through his third year in the league, though. Saquon's only got through one. He's got to get through that third year. Then he can start making noise with two years left on his deal about, about getting a new contract. Segwaying into the Bears, Trubisky's going to be in that situation as well. He has a big year this year. He's going to be looking like Jared Goff. Hey, I need the bag, and I need it now. I want my money, and I need it now. <laughs> Chicago folks will get that reference. It's like some insurance company commercial or something. It's my money, and I need it now. That's what Trubisky's going to be saying. Show me the bag. Let the Bears go 12-4, and four, which is very possible, and get to the Super Bowl. And he puts up the numbers a little better than he did last year. Three full seasons in the league. He's going to be looking for Jared Goff bread. And we're going to be in a very, 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 very interesting spot. So let's transition into these Bears. Bears versus Packers. 100th season, Thursday night football. I went to the game last year. Game one at Lambeau. Y'all seen the video. And if you haven't, I vlogged the whole thing. Go on the No Catch Up Chicago YouTube page. Go check out Lambeau field vlog i think it's titled we we i went to lambo and we imploded in epic fashion blowing a 20 point lead the video is epic and I, i'm not just saying that because i'm in the video and i did the video the video is a classic go check it out asap if you haven't already on the no catch of chicago youtube page the 53 man roster is set it's done it's over with. All the hype, it's, it's done for that. It's over for that. They got to come out tomorrow and take care of business at home. Thursday night football, prime time, 100th NFL season. I can't wait for it. I can't wait for it because we got some making up to do. These guys got a whole new coaching staff in the building, whole new offense, whole everything. Meanwhile, we're bringing back a whole team, a whole system and everything. We're opening at home. We should beat these boys up. That's how I feel about it. Bears minus three is disrespectful. The public doesn't believe in the Bears for, for whatever reason. Mitchell Trubisky is the reason. And we'll get into that. But that's disrespectful. Aaron Rodgers is that important to the public. And he's a bad man. Shout out Stephen A. Smith. Aaron Rodgers is a bad man. Bears minus three is disrespectful. In our building at home, the crowd is going to be outrageous. I don't see how we don't win the game by 10 points. Touchdown minimum, in my opinion. Minus three is disrespectful. Nagy's mantra is chasing greatness. 
It's perfect. This guy, Matt Nagy, gets it, man. This guy wants to win. Is going to do everything that we have to do to get the boys ready to win this NFL season. It's a perfect mantra. Chasing greatness because that's what we're doing. I hope we take what happened last year and it propels us into this year because we're, we're, we're just chasing that feeling of getting back to a home playoff game but now taking care of business. That's what, we, that's what we're chasing. I can't believe that was eight months ago when we, we lost that game to the Eagles. It seems, it seems like not that long ago. I think it's just because it was so heavy. It seems like it, it just happened. The chasing greatness mantra is perfect. Hype is over. It's time to produce. Thursday night is here. It's tomorrow. It's time to produce. I was looking through the 53-man roster. It's set. The only weakness I see maybe, well, first off, let, let me be clear. I don't see any weaknesses in the squad, period, point blank. None. Especially on defense, I don't see any. The only thing I could, if I'm nitpicking, I can pull out is maybe outside linebacker depth. Leonard, when outside of Leonard Floyd and Mac, I don't even need to say Mac's first name. You know, fifty-two, fifty deuce. It's Aaron Lynch and Isaiah Irving. I don't know anything about Isaiah Irving. I'll keep it one hundred. Aaron Lynch played some good snaps for us last year. I was calling him Baby Jared Allen. He reminds me of Jared Allen for some reason. He's not Jared Allen, but he reminds me of little Jared Allen. He got a little Jared Allen on him. It might just be because he's white. <laughs> it might just be because he's white and plays and plays end, but he played some good snaps for us last year. But I'm nitpicking. You look at the roster, we're so loaded. We're loaded across the board. I'm more worried about Minnesota than Green Bay. That's a whole nother discussion that we're not going to get into until we play them, I think, in week three, maybe four. But the Packers are overhyped, and we should take care of business. Our roster is better than theirs from top to bottom. I, I don't see what we need to be worried about. We saw what we can do, especially with Matt Nagy coming off a whole offseason, a whole training camp to get ready. Last year, how we came out offensively with the script, Trubisky knew where to go with the ball, what to do with it. Everybody knew what to do the whole way. That's how we're going to come out tomorrow. Why not? We're not the one with the new offense. Why can't we go out and just get the ball rolling right away? It's year two. This, he's in, he's in uh, Nagy 2.0, Trubisky. He's ready. He's going to show it to us, and we're going to see come tomorrow. What worries me about the game? Obviously, I'm worried a little bit just because – I'm a Bears fan, and I know this is the NFL, and all types of shit can happen. After that script 
is over with and you got to go with the game flow and it's about making plays, that worries me a little bit because Trubisky hasn't played at all all preseason. He's gonna. There's going to be times on snaps, third and short, third and seven, he's going to have to change the play, go off the cuff, make some plays, and there's going to be some rust there just from purely not playing. I saw it live last year, and you guys all saw it too. We came out rolling the whole first half on offense. The whole first quarter, our offense was on point. And then we started to slow up in the set, late second quarter and then the second half. So what worries me is that after that script is done, those first 20 plays, and we have to start going with the flow of the game, we have to start calling plays on the fly, it, wor- it, it worries me that the offense might get stalled a little bit. That's the only thing that worries me going in. It's Trubisky's first action of the year. Still a young quarterback. That's big. It helps that he's at home. I'm really glad we're at home. The primetime thing is always going to bring a little extra jitters. But we're at the crib, and he's going to have the support of the crowd behind him. It's still his first action. Still his first action. I want to talk about something that's also been overanalyzed going into the game, and that's this Trey Burden injury. Currently questionable for the game tomorrow. Stop talking and worrying about Trey Burden missing preseason games in camp. Worry when he starts missing real games. Stop stressing out about Trey Burden missing preseason camp don't worry about it man start worrying if he starts missing games because we're going to need him he's going to be a weapon for us Adam Shaheen's not the answer I'm going to tell you that now I think he has 17 career catches he's just not the answer he's never been the answer at tight end he's going to be on the squad probably this year and next because Pace isn't going to give up on a guy he drafted in the second round But he's not the answer. All that baby Gronk shit, forget about it. And if we lose Trey Burden, we're not the deepest in that section. Put it like that. But don't, don't waste your worry on Trey Burden until he starts missing real games. It's the most over talked about thing going into the game tomorrow is this Trey Burden. Injury growing. It's been a groin. It was a groin in the playoffs when he missed the game. He's like, let's see what happens. If he starts missing regular season games, then we'll worry about it. Now, the most underplayed point going into the game is Adrian Amos. I'm going to repeat that. The most underplayed point. Going into the game is Adrian Amos. He's not on our team anymore. And he plays for the Packers. That guy was so hard nose, hard body. He fit perfectly with the squad we had last year. All the hoopla, all the antics. 
all the dancing, all the choreo, all the choreographed touchdown dances, Eddie Jackson high stepping. Adrian Amos was the was the yin to the yang that was Eddie Jackson. Or that is Eddie Jackson still. And I, to quote Matt Nagy, Adrian is someone that I have a lot of respect for in the fact that he just comes to work every single day. He doesn't do a lot of talking. He shows up. He does what he's supposed to do. That's what Matt Nagy said on Tuesday. He fit well with these guys. He had that experience. And we're going to miss that. And I don't think people are talking about that enough. The only thing I hear about the D is that we're going to be the best in the league and period. That's all anybody wants to talk about. Ha-ha Clint Dix doesn't hit like Adrian Amos. He doesn't come down in the box and fill like Adrian Amos does. We're going to miss that dude. And you're going to see it on some open field stuff. You're going to see it when we need a safety to roll up and fill in the box. That's the most underplayed thing. He was probably the most underrated player on our defense last year, period, anyway. Like Nagy said, he doesn't talk. He just shows up and takes care of business. Hit people in the mouth. Did his thing every week. Hit people, hit people, and hit people. And then lets Eddie Jackson get all the glory, all, all, all the all the, the touchdowns and everything else, which is fine. It worked. Adrian Amos is a guy that we're going to miss, and I don't think that's being being talked about enough. Stay tuned on that. It's here, though. All, all the hype is done. You can freeze it out. These boys need to come produce tomorrow, and I don't see why we go do it, why, why we can't do it. I had a fun conversation with one of my homies about the possibility of some things happening. His first question was, do you think it's possible? Who, who, uh, he, he said pick one. That was the question. That, that was like the game we were playing was pick one. It was Khalil Mack to have 20 sacks or Trubisky to throw for 4,000 yards. I picked Khalil Mack to have 20 sacks. I don't think either one happened. Mack won't have 20 sacks because they're going to do it. Everyone's going to do everything in their power to make sure he doesn't. He'll have 15 or 16, though. He'll have 15 or 16, five strips, five forced fumbles. That just that's just that's just what he does. The reason I don't see Trubisky throwing for 4,000 yards is because I think we're going to run the ball quite a bit. Unless somehow, well, I'm not even going to say that because it's not going to happen. I just don't see us falling behind very many games where we have to open it up and throw it all over the field for Trubisky to throw for 4,000 yards. He was on pace. If he played all 16 last year, he would have threw like 3,600. Around there, 36-5. For him to throw for 4,000 yards, 
He'll have to play all 16 and will, at for whatever reason, have to be throwing it 35 times, 40 times in three or four games, which is not going to happen. So, no, I, I don't see Trubisky throwing for 4,000. The other, the other pick one, quote-unquote, pick one question was more catches for Tariq Cohen or Allen Robinson? And I thought this was interesting because I think Tariq Cohen is going to have a lot of catches because as many carries as he got last year, there was times where he was getting the ball and running up the middle. I don't think that's going to happen at all this year. He's going to be running sweeps, jet sweeps, reverses. He's not going to take a straight, natural handoff, I don't think, all year. Unless it's just to be a decoy. I shouldn't say one all year, but they're going to be very minimal. Montgomery and Davis are going to get all the carries from an I-form, single-back type, up the middle, punch it it in the mouth, punch it in the A-gap, B-gap. They're going to get all those carries. Last year, Allen Robinson had like 99 targets. And that resulted, let me see exactly how many catches it was. I think it was around 77. See, Allen Robinson catches. But my my answer to the question was Tariq Cohen. I got okay, I got both stats pulled up here. See, I was way wrong. Last year, Allen Robinson had 55 receptions for 754 yards. He had 94 targets, though, so I was close there. Tariq Cohen had 71 receptions on 90 targets. I'm going with Tariq Cohen. I don't see why that number doesn't go up. He had 71 catches. I could see Tariq Cohen having 85, 90 catches next year or this year, starting tomorrow. And I can also see Allen Robinson going up and having like 75 catches for like 1,100 yards as well. But if we're talking strictly receptions, man, you know Nagy loves little Tariq. He's going to be trying to get that boy the ball by any means necessary. So if I had to pick one, I'm taking Tariq Cohen will have more catches than Allen Robinson. And I think Allen Robinson will have a good year. I need the Bears to take care of business tomorrow. I need it to happen. I can't take what I did last year. The amount of hype, I was so sure that we were going to go into Green Bay and get that W. And to see that first half we had, I need us to come out and bust these boys' ass tomorrow. And I don't see why it can't happen. The Caesars Horseshoe in Hammond, Indiana, it's like a 20-minute drive from downtown Chicago. Just opened a sports book. I'm going to go watch the game over there tomorrow night. If anybody's up there, holla at your boy. I'll be there with my guy Chuck. Shout out, Chuck. We're going to watch the game. We're going to bet the game. I think I'm going to take the Bears-Packers first half under, and I'm going to take the Bears minus three. Two winners. Two winners to kick off the NFL season. I see the game being like 24-14. 
27-17. Simple as that. Bears by 10-7. 10 points or a touchdown. Minus three is disrespectful. Let's switch over to the Chicago Cubs. Northside homies. God, I love Wrigley Field. Every time I go, I just had to say that real quick. Every time I go in there, the the ambiance, the crowd, the smell, everything about it is the best. I had some homies visit recently, first time at Wrigley. He's like, yo, this is ridiculous. I'm like, yeah, I know. It's the best city in the world. Cubs beat the Mariners 6-1 yesterday. They have an off day today. This is Wednesday. They start a four-game set at Milwaukee tomorrow. They're currently three games back of the Cardinals. I need the division. I don't want to play in the one-game wild card. I don't want to play in that one game, but I don't even think that should be, that shouldn't even be a thing. I understand the MLB, people don't want to see a long first round series, but one ball game is rough. In baseball, one ball game? Stop. We need the division. I want to, we're going to check in with my guy Kyle Malzahn of At Cubs Live. This dude's super locked into the Cubs. We're talking Castellanos, of course, Zobris being back. I had some choice, some choice thoughts about the Zobris situation. I understand he had personal issues. I wish he would have got back to the squad a little earlier. They needed him. They needed the boy. He left him out to dry a little bit. I'll keep it 100. That's how I feel about it. He left him out to dry a bit. I understand you're having a tough personal situation with your wife and family. The boys needed you. And I'm hoping this this next three weeks before the playoffs is enough time to get right. Contreras is back. Hit a home run first at bat last night. That Man, that boy dangerous. That boy dangerous. Castellanos homing again. That boy dangerous too. So without further ado, Listen up. Tap in with my guy Kyle Malzahn of At Cubs Live. On the No Catch-Up Hotline, Kyle Malzahn of At Cubs Live. What's going on, my man? I haven't talked to you in a while. It's been a while, man. A lot's happened. Uh, personal life, uh, the Cubs, everything. So much has happened. So uh, I'm excited to you know catch up on these Cubbies with you, man, because there's a lot to talk about. It's a lot to talk about, man. And let's jump right into it. I know we both don't have too much time, so let's just jump right in. Ben Zobers is back. Wilson Contreras is back. And then we lose KB and Baez yesterday, but still get the win. Talk to me about how you feel about the Cubs right now. We have a huge four-game set coming up against Milwaukee starting tomorrow in Milwaukee. Uh, first game is tomorrow, 6-10. It's right in line with the Bears game, so I will not be watching. But um, it's a big series coming up. How you feel about the squad right now and the, the ups and downs? This is the most volatile one week I'm in love, the next week I'm not. And, of course, we're going to touch yeah. on uh, the man, the myth, the legend, Nicholas Castellanos in a second as well. But give me your thoughts on the squad right now and uh, your thoughts on seeing Ben Zobris and Contreras back yesterday. 
Yeah, this uh, this Cubs team, it's hard to figure out. You know, it's it's kind of weird because they're streaky, and I don't really know what to make out of it. I mean, every time they're on the road, you know, they just can't figure it out. They're a whole different team when they're on the road versus when they're at home. Um, obviously, they swept at home last night against the uh, Seattle Mariners, which was nice. But like you mentioned, we have a four-game series coming up the Cubs do versus Milwaukee at Wrigley North. I mean, huge series, too, for them because they can really put the Brewers out of this thing. I mean, the Brewers are seven games back. They're four back of the Cubs. So, I mean, you look at a four-game series, you sweep it or at least take three out of, you know, three out of four. You're looking at a pretty good uh, pretty good gap there with less than a month to play. But like we said, uh, Contreras is back. Zobers is back. The Cubs since 2016 have they always mentioned you know they're missing that veteran presence right ever since david ross left it's like where do we get that veteran presence it, it right now if you look at the roster it's probably john lester and ben zobrist and ben zobrist was gone since may april of this year so um it's nice to have his veteran presence back because it allows you to do a lot with the lineup. I mean, obviously, Jason Hayward wasn't really working out in that leadoff spot, so you can have Zobris leading off, hits both sides of the plate, plays the infield, plays the outfield, and then you got Wilson Contreras back. I do like what the Cubs did and got Jonathan Lucroy. I wanted that hat to happen back in December when before the Angels got him, but uh, they released him, came over the Cubs. He's been pretty solid so far. I mean, everything you probably could expect for a backup catcher, but obviously Wilson's their guy. I think I just really want to see a lineup where you have Wilson, Nicholas Castellanos, and let's talk about him for a little bit. How can you not like this guy? I mean, are you kidding me? What he's done in a Cubs uniform might be the most well-liked Cub to ever been traded at the All-Star break. I mean, he's the, you could tell right around the All-Star break that the Cubs were missing a beat. You know, they were missing something and didn't know really what that was. Obviously, it was Nicholas Castellanos. Comes over to the Cubs, and he's an absolute menace on the offensive side. So um, all that is amounted to the season. I mean, the Cubs right now, as it stands, they're currently three games behind the Cardinals. Um, yeah, 75 and 63, side, yeah. Yeah, so uh, we'll see what happens, man. Huge week, and something to note, too, when you look ahead, their last series is on the road versus St. Louis at Bush Stadium. That's going to be huge, I think, and I think you know, just like last year, it could come down to the last few games. And then, seven? You know, they, it, dude, seven know. of the last ten are against the, the St. Louis Cardinals. That's the whole division right there. As long it as is. we stay in striking distance a couple ball games, we're three back right yep. now. If we stay within two, we have – we we it'll 100% be in our hands with seven of the last ten against the first-place Cardinals. As of right now, it's going to come down to it. It's going to come down to it. And it's going to be, can they win? Can they execute? Can they pull off that, you know, road series? But they, it's, it's been a, it's been a, it's been flustery this whole season. It's yeah, been and, a inconsistency. I think a big thing to go back to what you, you mentioned about Castellanos and bringing him, bringing something to the squad that they needed. I think our biggest thing is going to be trying to get our best boys on the field all at the same time. Kind of how I opened yeah. it. It's Contreras is back. Zobers is back. All of a sudden, Brian's out. Javi's out. For this last yeah. two, three weeks, we need all the boys playing. I want Contreras playing. I don't want Carantini playing. He's he's been he showed he showed me a lot 
he's contributed what he can contribute, but I want to see Wilson catching. Mm-hmm. I want to see our best players out there, and I want all of them I- out there. That's how we're going to – close the season strong and win the division if we if if we get Zobrist and and uh Wilson back and then all of a sudden we got Tony goes down or Hayward's D and his his better bat that he's had this year goes down it's like it's just those are just in the 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 knocks that we're not going to be able to withstand we're going to need our best players out there to close the season and for the rest of the season yeah and it was huge that you know Zobrist wanted to come back and He's here, and uh, we'll see what he does in Chicago in this last month, the crucial stretch. But you're right. You, you play the best nine, as uh, Frederick or at Dom on Twitter would say. You play the best nine, and you roll with your guys and see what happens because uh, they've bet with them the past four years, and there's no stopping now. So we'll see if they got another run with them, and uh, we'll see if they can finish this thing out. And the biggest thing as well is tell me if you're on the same the same token as me here as well. I don't. I want nothing to do with the wild card. No, no, obviously not. I mean, it's a one game. I mean, anything can happen in that one game. You don't get one knock. You leave one pitch up a high, and somebody turns on it, turns and burn on an inside fastball, and the game's over. You know, it's it's every mistake in that one game gets overlooked, and you you don't want it to come down to that because look what happened last year. Extra inning game, you couldn't execute with runners in scoring position with the chance to win. And that's how the season ends. I mean, if if it co- does come down to that one one game wild card and they get an early exit again, I think you're going to see a huge roster change up. And we'll see. <laughs> There's there the end of the season. There could be two ways they go with it. They end up on a high note and they do a run, or they fall back and collapse. And the off season rolls around, and you're going to see Theo do a lot of moves. Heads will be rolling. That's a good point. As th- this Cubs Absolutely. team, as you see it now, if if we f- say we collapse down the stretch and we lose the division by four or five games, I don't see Madden coming back. I don't. I, there's going to be a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of stuff going on. So if you think this group is the group, and I think that they do believe, and they obviously like each other and play for each other, if they want to stay together, they're going to have to get hot and stay hot the rest of the way. No doubt about it. And I think, and I think they do know that, you know, I think they understand where they're at. And, uh, I don't know if Madden is too concerned. Um, I'm a huge Madden guy, man. I know a lot of people talk, you know, talk about him and negative about him. I love Joe Madden. Um, but I do think if they don't show up in this last month, there's going to be a reconstruction of the lineup and the roster. So, uh, some of your favorite cubbies, man, if they don't pull it out, they could be gone. Do you think, a month is enough for Zobris to get back and get rolling? Well, that's a good question because, I mean, he is a veteran, right? He's been doing this how long? He's, what, 38, 37, 36, something like that? Yeah, off the I mean, top of my head. Yeah, he's a two-time World Series champion. I mean, he's the guy who's going to give you those good at-bats on the stretch when you need them. And when you can call on somebody, maybe he comes off the bench in a pitch hit situation. I think... I mean, when you look at, you know, I hate to reference it, 2016, who is that guy giving you big hits? In that San Francisco series, Zobris came through. He came through in the game seven. I mean, he is a gamer, and he is somebody that is going to really change the lineup, whether that's getting on base for a walk, seeing good at-bats, telling the guys, hey, 
get her act together. I mean, he's he's a guy. He's a dude, you know? Yeah, 13 years in the league. He made his debut in 06 for the Tampa Bay Rays. I got a little overzealous and said he'd been in the league 17 years, but it seems like that. <laughs> <laughs> and this is the thing. I think to to comment on that as well, I don't think it's enough time for him to come in and put together a crazy slash line. But if he gets in, it, it'll be worth it. And he'll, I'll say he's contributed his part if he comes in, gets on base. Say he plays leadoff the rest of the year. He gets on base yeah. at a 335 clip or something like that. Like an, an on-base range is like 335, 340. That would be great. Play, yeah. Plays defense really that. well. Yeah, of course. And, I mean, I would take him just being able to play all over the field, give that flexibility yeah, that Joe needs. You yeah. can work him in so many places. Absolutely, right? Play solid D. So, And, the, the like you mentioned, that locker room presence and that senior veteran leadership, I know it sounds cliche. I know it's corny, but people, that shit matters, and it matters a lot. It does. So it does. Him and Johnny Lester, man, those guys. Him, them and Tony Anthony Rizzo, man, they're uh, some clubhouse guys. And it seems like Nicholas Castellanos uh, is really taking advantage of that as well. We have to extend him, right? Yeah, yeah, I'm 100. percent I mean, I've we have to, right? <laughs> I've been saying this, man. You get the deal done, and I hate to say it, but if I don't foresee it, but if this hot streak, I mean. Regarding if he goes on a huge slump and he ends the season terrible, which I don't foresee, like I just said, I mean, he's a dude. He's a guy that you can count on. And you, I, I, I'm going to say this. I think one one piece of this core has to go. Don't know who it has to be. And you resign Nicholas Castellanos. I mean, he's he's proven himself, right? I mean, half of these guys. I mean, you got Almora who can't hit a ball. Uh, you got Schwarber, who's obviously been the power numbers, as in home runs and maybe RBIs are up, but he's taken a little step back. As but as of late, he's been a contact guy. Um, I don't know who's going to go, but I do think that you get the deal done with Castellanos and you resign him because. Uh, but one thing to point out, he's a Scott Boris agent. That's his agent. So after this little hot stretch, it's not going to be cheap either. So we'll see what happens there. But you do. I, it's hard not to resign a guy. I mean, you've seen him. I mean, he loves Chicago. And why wouldn't you want a guy that loves this team here? You know? Absolutely. I think you hit a dead on. I think you have to bring him back. I think he's shown that he's not a dead duck in the water like he was in Detroit. A, a change of scenery has done him amazing. The Scott Boers yeah. thing, I think, is getting overplayed because, I mean, look. Regardless of who the agent is, they're going to try to get him a ton of money. And I know Scott has that reputation and has forget about what team he's going to. I want to get him top dollar. But at the yep. end of the day, the agent works for the player, and it's very clear that Nick wants to stay in Chicago, wants to play in Chicago. His brother's tweets, I don't know if you've seen these, his brother was tweeting about how he's never he hasn't seen Nick this happy to play baseball and this joyful to play since they were playing back in Florida when they were young kids. Like it's Wasn't that awesome? Yeah, that's like that's he could it, it's just it oozes out of him. He's like, "Yo, I love this place. The, the building's sold out every day." Yeah. I I come here, people cheer, good or bad. I he I think he's just excited that people are in the building every day. 
he yeah, doesn't have to worry and, about you know what I mean? Regardless of if yeah. they win or lose or they're playing well or not, they have support and I think that's that seems to be having well for it his plays, game. I think he's feeding off the crowd, you know. He's in sure. that he's in he's in the middle of a playoff race and he he has to pick up his play and he's he wants to be that guy and he's been showing the Cubs exactly that, showing the fans. I mean, right now, the guy has 12 home runs, 24 RBI, and 31 games played with the Cubs, getting on base at a 378 clip, slugging over 700. I mean, can you talk about a guy that was in Detroit who played at a big ballpark, double machine, and now he's translating those doubles that he hit in you know, Detroit over to home runs at Wrigley Field for the Cubs. So uh, the guy plays up to the competition. The stakes are high, high and that's the play he's playing, you know, just – just an all-around fun guy to watch. I mean, the back slam. Did you see that? Yeah, it was awesome. <laughs> like, you want to you want to pump up your team like that? Like, that's the type of guy that Nicholas Castellanos has been for the Cubs. No doubt, man. We'll leave it there. Yo, have fun on Friday in Milwaukee, man. Bring it home. I'll be there. I'll be there watching the Cubbies. Uh, looking forward to it. Haven't been to a Cubs game since the one that I actually saw you at in May at Wrigley. That was a terrible game, but uh, we had some fun. Had yeah, some we had some fun. Games. We had some brews, so it was good, man. It was it was good company, man. But yeah, I'm excited to be back. I hope uh, if any Cubs fans are watching, if they don't win, uh, don't at me on Cubs Live. I'm just having fun, you know. <laughs> no doubt about <laughs> it. Yeah, if you don't follow Kyle, if you don't follow Kyle on Twitter, man, it's a must must follow if you're a Cubs fan at Cubs underscore Live. Just hit the 21,000 follower mark. Congratulations on that, man. And uh, Thank you, man. Yeah, it's a great follow if you're a Cubs guy. He's uh, Kyle super locked in, man. Thanks for coming on, bro. Dude, thank you. And and all, all your listeners, man, you got to get that no catch of Chicago hat. I mean, the I'm a hat guy, so when I got that thing, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's great. The logo, the logo is just so sick. And everybody, every time I wear it out, everybody's like, is that Hot dogs, I'm like, hell yeah, it's hot dogs. Like, no catch of Chicago, you know? That's but, what's uh, up, bro. I appreciate sick, you. I love, I love it, man. So, and for all the listeners out there, this isn't free ads either. I'm telling them straight up that. Go yo, cop. Go get it. <laughs> go cop it. Go cop it. No right catch now. up Chicago.com. You already know. <laughs> Kyle, man, we'll talk soon, bud. Go Cubs. Absolutely. Thanks, man. Another thing to add to the Nicholas Castellanos, I guess, storyline right now about him coming back is I was at Wrigley a couple weeks ago. I was kicking in the uh, the American Airlines lounge. I don't even know what you want to call it. I think it's something three numbers, like 312 Club or 914, something like that. It's like an area code. It's like the... American Airlines signature room. It's like all you can eat, all you could drink. And we were down there, and um, I met Castellanos' girlfriend. And she was talking about a uh, super cool girl, super down to earth, super regular. Um, she was talking about how much they liked Chicago. They loved it here. They loved the crowd. They loved the energy. They. They sometimes she was talking about how she hops on Twitter and will go through some of the mentions and she's like, yo, these Cubs fans are wild, out of control. Like they see the support for Nick. They're loving it so far. I don't see how he can't come back. That's a little inside info. I talked to her myself. She was sitting right in front of me. And I'll say this. They want to stay. And I think we need to get 
a deal in place where uh, they do stay. Cubs, four-game set in Milwaukee starts tomorrow. I'm going to leave it there. This is your boy, Sean Little. No catch-up sports talk via Chicago. Make sure you subscribe to the channel, Spotify, iTunes, wherever else, YouTube. Check us out. Lock in with us. Go check out the merch if you haven't already. NoCatchUpChicago.com. I got some heat on there. We'll continue to bring the heat. Make sure you check it out. I'll talk to y'all soon. Bears, Packers, tomorrow. We're going to be back to break it all down right after the game as well. No catch up. Sports Talk via Chicago. I'm your host, Sean Little. Lock in with us.